Hey folks, welcome to this week's edition of Legal Beagle. We are joined by the lead litigation attorney for Negretting Associates, Dylan McGurk, because we have gotten asked by a few different clients to explain what discovery is and how it works in the course of litigation. Welcome, Dylan. Hey, how are you? Good, good. So let me just jump right in with that question. In a, I don't know, in a, in a nutshell, how would you describe discovery and what that means to someone's case? Sure. So as a case gets filed and you proceed through litigation, um, each party is entitled to engage in discovery. Discovery in its most simple form is a fact-finding process. Um, what each party knows about the case, certain facts and the circumstances surrounding the case. So I've had clients ask me before, and I'm sure you've had clients ask you this, why they have to give past medical records. So let's say an accident happens on a certain date and a lawsuit is filed and and then the defense is requesting prior medical records. Why does that become relevant in the case for you know personal injury? So that particular discovery device would fall under what's called a request for production. And the other side is saying, we're asking you to produce these prior medical records because what we think may be going on is that your client, uh, the plaintiff, is complaining of injuries that may have pre-existed the crash. So in other words, if you have certain issues with your neck or back that pre-existed the collision and are subsequently claiming those same injuries, um, then the defense wants to know about it. And they want to try and, and say that they're not going to give you compensation or consideration for those injuries because they pre-existed the crash. If I had a prior neck injury and then I get into an accident and my neck is worsened by that accident, does it mean I wouldn't get compensation because I had a prior neck injury? That's a, that's a great question. And so the law protects individuals in that situation and you are entitled to what's called uh, an aggravation or exacerbation of those injuries what can prove difficult is to what extent it has been aggravated or exacerbated but the short answer to that question is yes you are entitled to compensation and consideration um, for the aggravation what happens when when a client says, I'm not going to give you my prior medical records. I won't sign an authorization to get those records. What, what, on, on your side of the table as a plaintiff's attorney, what do you, what kind of conversation do you have with your client? Um, a lot of times, you know, they are entitled, they being the defense is entitled to, to these records. And so we can try and limit the scope of what they are trying to obtain uh, in terms of, of what's relevant. Um, but, but ultimately, the court is usually going to allow the records to come forward. So I encourage the clients to, to sign the authorization, assuming it's been limited in scope. Um, otherwise, the defense does have other discovery tools, including subpoenas that they could obtain the medical records anyways. What other, what other things have you experienced in, in your career uh, that the opposing party has asked for or maybe maybe that you've asked for that you think are a little unusual that a, a, a layperson wouldn't think could be exchanged in the discovery process oh 
I'm trying to think of uh, specific examples. Um, what about wedding photos? Oh, that's a that's a great question. So a lot of times there can be requests where we think that the defense is kind of um, going on a fishing expedition, if you will, trying to trace down a rabbit hole and see if something exists. Uh, one of the stranger ones may be wedding photos to say, hey, uh, the plaintiff is claiming a, a shoulder injury and we want to see if she's dancing and throwing uh, the the bouquet around and, and things like that, just in an effort to try and discredit the plaintiff and find a way to prove that, that these injuries may not be as severe as the plaintiff is alleging. So if you were to disagree, uh, or maybe your client were to disagree with, with the request that's being made uh, in discovery, what would be the way to, to resolve that that dispute uh it usually starts with obviously a conversation with the other attorney and and hopefully you're able to come to some agreement um that's quite rare actually but uh, when it doesn't work out between the attorneys you can file certain things with the court uh, protective orders uh, certain things to to attempt to limit the the discovery request but ultimately Discovery is a very open uh, and wide net tool that the court will generally be uh, rather generous, if you will, in terms of what they're going to allow the other side to explore. So does, does, a, does a deposition fall under the scope of discovery? Yes, it, it, it does. And so a deposition is, again, another fact-finding process in which the plaintiff is required to answer questions under oath in a generally an informal setting, but with a court reporter there and under the same sworn testimony that they would be under uh, in a jury trial um, in which the defense attorney gets to ask specific questions about background, medical conditions, and certainly the facts surrounding the crash and the injuries resulting from the crash. I've had, uh, I've defended depositions before and I've had the defense attorney asking questions about where my client went to high school and my client may be well into their 40s or 50s and the client's looking at me with their hands up kind of like, do I really have to answer these questions? And I know you kind of just said, yes. How is that, how does something that happened in high school relate to a claim being made 20 or 30 years later? I'm not sure I know the answer to that question. Honestly, I ask myself that a lot too. And, and I think generally speaking, it's, it's just a background information for, for one, the defense attorney to kind of size up the plaintiff, see how they respond to these questions, see where they may have lived. Um, and also, they may be looking for additional witnesses, who they lived with. Did your apartment have stairs and you're claiming knee injuries and, and were you able to walk up and down the stairs? Um, those, those types of things. But, but generally, the background information, while the plaintiff may answer it, my position, unfortunately, is it's not always that relevant. But again, you know, they, they are required to, to answer those questions. And, and not to pick on the defendants. I know that, that we do plaintiff's work at McGrady & Associates, but I've made my fair share of unusual requests on the opposing party. Have you ever done that or have you ever made requests that might seem a little out of bounds? 
Sure, and and again, that that you're right. It it does cut both ways, and and that's really kind of goes back to what the definition of discovery is. It's simply a fact-finding process to to obtain as much information as you possibly can in an effort to efficiently and effectively represent your client to the best you can. And without knowing what exists, you're not fulfilling that obligation. And so sometimes it's better to try and obtain this information just in an effort to know what it is and then ultimately decide if you need to use it. Gotcha. And to clarify for our listeners, because I think this is maybe where the, some of the confusion lies, discovery and admissibility in in trial are two different things, right? Exactly. They are entirely two different things. And so as I as I mentioned, discovery is a very wide there's a very wide latitude there of, of what the court would allow as what would be discoverable, saying, hey, the other side is allowed to discover this information. They're able to seek it and they're able to look into it. But they will usually reserve the admissibility of that evidence later down the road in an effort to determine whether it meets certain evidentiary rules, requirements, uh, which is a whole nother um, beast, a whole nother can of worms, but in order to determine whether we're gonna say, you know what, you were able to discover this, but we're not gonna let this into trial. We're not, we're not gonna let it be admissible um, for whatever reasons, but, but generally because it's, it's prejudicial or it's irrelevant. I have, I, I've, well, I should say I've heard two different, school of thought, two different schools of thought. One is with discovery, we're not hiding anything, share it all, who cares because it's not coming in based on what you just said about admissibility. The other is fight tooth and nail against every request that's made in discovery because you know that's what you should do if, uh, if you have an attorney. Where do you lie in, uh, with those two different positions? Uh, sometimes depending on my mood that day. Then <laughs> <laughs> um, in all seriousness, you have to kind of approach this from, from what you anticipate the court would do and i think generally they're going to again uh, allow for a lot of discovery uh, a wider wider latitude but at the same time you you have an obligation to protect the client and i think if i had to draw a line in the sand i generally fall on on the side of let's just make sure we're all on the same page and and let's just not open the door to everything i i think we owe clients that obligation and and to really try and act as the gatekeeper to a lot of this information um and and within reason then fight fight the fights that you think um have some legitimacy to them dylan mcgurk lead litigation attorney for negradian associates thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast I would love for you to do another podcast with us to talk more about some of the the different things that arise in litigation because I think that's an area where most people get confused. They can understand the pre-litigation side of things. You make a claim against the insurance company. You try to negotiate. Maybe there's some bills that have to be paid. I think people get really, really uncomfortable with litigation. So I think the more that you can educate people on what to expect and some of the nuances of the of litigation, uh, the better prepared they'll be to, to deal with it. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. All right, man, take care. Thank you.